Welcome to the Ages Comics of Alaska podcast, where we tell Alaskans what to put in their box at Alaska's comic book shop. I always wished I could do something better than comics, but there didn't seem to be anything. This is the Ages Comics of Alaska podcast, and now your hosts, Lou and Amy Joe. Hey guys, it is Lou here from Ages Comics of Alaska, Alaska's comic book shop, and welcome to another episode of Heroes Without Capes, the podcast where we recognize those heroes without capes that have uh, supported our communities, have made the ultimate sacrifices, and act as examples of leadership that we can then emulate and maybe make our world a better place. Uh, in particular, our workplaces. Uh, hopefully, uh, we can convert the management mentality to a leadership mentality. And so much, so much more. But our big thing is recognizing those heroes that uh, influence us and make positive things happen on a daily basis for all of us uh, to benefit from. Now, before I get started, we got to pay the bills. So a shout out to our sponsor, Popple. So Popple is the electronic business card. It is the replacement to the paper business card. Paper business cards, 96% of them guys get tossed out or used as toothpicks or some other nasty thing. But people don't keep your business cards. But what if you have an alternative, an electronic alternative? It looks like a digital business card. It has all your links. It has all your contact information, your latest image, your latest logo. And you're able to transfer that directly onto the phone and into the contact list of the uh, customer that you're dealing with. It is the best alternative for paper uh, business cards especially when you're spending money every time you get a promotion or change a phone number or update a website or uh, update a product. You can do that all from the app inside the phone and you can transfer your information directly to the phone of the uh, customer or the lead that you're uh, trying to bring on as a customer. Remember, uh, when you are trying to run a business, your, your job is not to or your focus shouldn't be making money, your focus should be solving problems. Because if you're solving problems and you're helping people, the money will come eventually. So take advantage of Popple, get your contact information directly onto their phones using uh, Popple's uh, uh, signature uh, keychains. They have a, an electronic plastic card a uh, that has a QR code and also a wireless capability of transferring your information. You also have a, a little wristband that they have now that they just launched. It is great technology. Join the future, people. And take advantage by clicking on the link in the description today. By clicking on that link and signing up from that link, uh, you receive 25% off. And if at checkout you enter our code HEROESAK, that is HEROES, AK, you get an additional 20% off your first purchase. So take a look at Popple today. Guys, uh, thank you once again for showing up to another episode of Heroes Without Capes. Uh, today, we're going to be recognizing uh, one hero from the island of Puerto Rico, an island that many people think is a foreign country still to this day. And uh, I blame our education system. I blame uh, that type of ignorance on our, our, our current education system. Uh, uh, you see comments right now, you know, 
Puerto Rico has been devastated uh, in the last five years. Uh, let me see what the current numbers are. I was just looking at it. We're looking at uh, over 3,000 people have been killed in the last five years by hurricanes in Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico right now has sustained an estimated $90 billion in property damage. It has forced 40% 40 of the population to go into poverty. These are 3 million American citizens, guys. 3 million American citizens uh, that we have essentially uh, made second-class citizens. We've... Uh, the uh, mantra out there, the bad information out there is that they're a foreign country, another foreign country that wants aid from the U.S. And in fact, it's quite the contrary. It's three million Americans that have paid for the right to be a, treated like any other state that would have uh, been the victim of such a natural disaster. And they have paid for it with the actual blood of Puerto Ricans. I myself am Puerto Rican. I have served uh, proudly since 1988 wearing a uniform. Um, when I was 17 and a half in 87, uh, I begged my mom to sign the uh, uh, waiver so that I can, uh, uh, so I could do a delayed entry into the military. I joined in 1988, had been wearing a uniform from 1988 to uh, 2017 proudly. Uh, absolutely no regrets regarding that. A lot of lessons learned. But uh, no regrets in serving my country. And I'm just one example of so many that have served proudly from the island of Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico is home to nine uh, Medal of Honor recipients, nine Medal of Honor recipients. And Puerto Rico, Puerto Ricans have been volunteering, not voluntold, volunteering to fight in every war since World War I. For uh, guys that uh, enlist directly from the island of Puerto Rico, they must go to two boot camps. They go to a boot camp to learn English, and then they learn another. Uh, then they go to another the other boot camp with their peers. So there's not much more dedication that you can have to the game than that, and to the service of uh, God and country. And we need to remember, guys, that uh, uh, Puerto Rico, U.S. citizens. Three million of them, and they deserve our help. With that, I'm going to highlight uh, one of Puerto Rico's uh, uh, favorite sons, um, and let me bring him up here. This is uh, First Sergeant Jorge Otero Barreto. Jorge uh, 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 Jorge Otero uh, Barreto, and he is known as the Puerto Rican Rambo and also as the Puerto Rican Sergeant Rock. And when you hear some of his accolades, uh, you'll understand why he earned that nickname. Now, uh, 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 Jorge here, uh, the, 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 the first sergeant, he uh, joined the military uh, in 1959. Um, he was born in Puerto Rico. He, uh, he could have gone... He was born in 1937. He could have gone to medical school, guys. Instead of going to medical school, he chose to serve his country. And uh, he 
went to Vietnam when it was one of the most unpopular wars ever and literally volunteered for five tours from 1961 to 1970 he served five tours in Vietnam while he was in Vietnam uh, he earned uh, two silver stars he earned uh, here let me look at his uh, uh, awards here he literally let me see here two silver stars Five bronze stars with V device, five air medals, four army commendation medals, and five med- uh, five uh, Purple Heart medals. He got his nickname based off of the comic book Sergeant Rock. The 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 that was the comic book back then. Sergeant Rock was just this. Uh, this first sergeant that went out there and uh, was always the first into battle, the last to leave. And uh, uh, later on, uh, you know, years and years later, probably like in the, he, I suspect he didn't get the Rambo nickname until obviously that Rambo movie, which came out in the 80s. So during the time that he was serving in uh, Vietnam, his fellow troops, his, uh, his, uh, lieutenants and, you know, captains and majors knew him as Sergeant Rock. That was the nickname they gave him. And he was dedicated, man. Uh, uh, I'll read off, uh, one of the things that, uh, he got a, a silver medal for, uh, this is him here. For those of you that are watching the video, this is a picture of a, a first sergeant here while he was in, uh, uh, Vietnam. Uh, he, uh, uh, First Sergeant uh, Barreto earned both his silver stars in the first months of 1968, a period dominated by the Tet Offensive. And uh, he was a member of uh, Company A, 1st Battalion, Airborne, and uh, 502nd Infantry, uh, assigned to the 101st Airborne uh, Division, 2nd Brigade. Uh, during the February 17th fight, uh, Otero Barreto's unit was operating near Quang uh, Tree, and I hope I'm pronouncing that right, when they encountered concealed enemy positions and came under heavy fire. Then a staff sergeant, uh, uh, Barreto, took control of a machine gun and covered the withdrawal of his platoon until he expended all of the gun's ammunition. He was wounded during the fight and even while wounded, still organized the unit's orderly withdrawal from the area. Now his second Silver Star was awarded less than three months later on May 1st, and came during Operation Carantan uh, 2, north of uh, uh, Hue, and I hope I'm pronouncing that, uh, that correctly, uh, in Vietnam. Still with Company A, although promoted at this point to platoon sergeant, uh, Barreto's unit was occupying defensive positions near a village when they came under attack. According to the award citation, the attackers were part of the 8th Battalion, 90th North Vietnamese Army Regiment, and were trying to break through the cordon established uh, around the village. The attacks began at uh, 0415 hours, you know, 415 a.m., and after three assaults failed, the, uh, North, uh, the North Vietnamese fell back into the village. According to the ward citation, uh, Barreto led his squad into the village, neutralizing several defensive positions in the process, and positioned his squad to provide cover fire so the rest of the company could advance. 
and uh, he later earned a Bronze Star with Echo Company's uh, Recon Platoon on uh, 3 December. And th this is all in the same year, and he's wounded during this time, and still goes on uh, to continue uh, to continue the mission. Um, it is no surprise to me that his father uh, named him Jorge, but because of his patriotism, he actually named him Jorge because it was uh, Spanish for George Washington, whom uh, uh, his father, Eloy uh, Otero uh, uh, Bruno, uh, admired. He admired George Washington. You know, that a lot of people don't understand, even though it's Puerto Rico, you know, we love our salsa, we love our merengue, you know, we love our sun and our beaches. Uh, but uh, we also love our patriotism. The, uh, patriotism is very strong on that island and uh, service to country, uh, service to uh, uh, service uh, for God and country is very big on the island. Uh, you see that a lot in a lot of Puerto Ricans, man. You know, uh, uh, when I was growing up in Queens, New York, I lost track of how many times I caught I got called a spick. You know, how, how many times I got called wetback, how many times uh, I got called an illegal alien, even though I'm from Puerto Rico and American, just ignorance, right? But yet I still, I still wanted to serve. And it was people like this man right here that inspired my generation and the generations after me to continue service, you know, because uh, at the end of the day, it's a bigger picture than the handful of bigots that uh, uh, are just ignorant and don't want to give us a chance. You know, when I promoted uh, with Alaska State Troopers, I remember uh, when I promoted the sergeant, uh, my background at time of promotion was, and what I submitted in, in my resume was extensive military leadership. I had supervised hundreds upon hundreds of, uh, uh, of subordinate uh uh, military members that I helped develop into future leadership. Uh, one of my roles when I was at the uh, Pacific Tactical Law Enforcement Team was to mentor junior officers. We'd have these O2s, uh, uh, lieutenant junior grades that would be assigned to our teams as officer in charge. And as the deployable team leader, it was my job to keep them out of trouble and to educate them and to further encourage them to be leaders and not managers. That was my job. You know, my years of experience coupled with uh, leadership schools. And while on active duty, while on active deployments, I earned my four-year degree, uh, my four-year bachelor's in uh, criminal justice. These are things that I did prior to uh, becoming an Alaska State Trooper. When I became Alaska State Trooper, I hit the deck plates running. I went immediately from patrol. I became a crisis negotiator, an FBI uh, nego a hostage negotiator, essentially. Uh, from there, I went to uh, the DUI enforcement team, which was a traveling uh, specialized team that uh, specialized in uh, uh, highway safety. I then uh, volunteered for the Alaska Bureau of Investigations, became a, an, a criminal investigator where I received awards and accolades as a uh, uh, a child forensic interviewer and also as a lead investigator. Uh, with only, uh, I had less than two years on uh, with the department, and I was the lead uh, supervising case officer for uh, a multiple officer-involved shooting. From there, 
As soon as the opportunity opened up, I knew that I had an obligation to go out to Bush, Alaska, so I volunteered and I went out to Kotzebue, where I uh, serviced uh, nine villages in the Northwest Arctic Borough, primarily uh, Selawik, which was the largest village at the time. And, you know, knowing I was outgunned and outmanned, I knew that uh, I had to apply leadership skills to uh, develop the VPOs that were out there and to uh, uh, help the community and help the community to protect itself, especially with the lack of resources. When I promoted, uh, one of the first comments made to me by uh, Vic A, of all people, uh, uh, who was a trooper at the time, was, hey, uh, you know, you got the promotion because you're a minority. Uh, I'm glad that they did that, but you know, just know that you beat out a lot more qualified people because you're a minority. And you know, I had to had to sit back and you know choose my words carefully and not slap this dude. But at the same time, you know, the bottom line is uh, I promoted because I was the best candidate, and I rem- I remembered. One of my commanding officers, uh, when I was in the service, told me long ago, he said, do not ever allow a coward to hide behind your ethnicity. Ever let that happen. And I can assure you that when uh, this first sergeant served, and by the way, there are buildings named after this man. There are uh, uh, his his awards, his his actions are taught at West Point. You know, he is part of Army history. Uh, let me, uh, this is him uh, in his later years. He's, uh, uh, I, I don't know if he's passed, uh, unfortunately. Uh, looks like he may be still around. He is uh, currently in his, uh, in his late 80s. But um, he is the highest decorated soldier from Vietnam. Even though there are still people today that refuse to acknowledge that where he came from, where he was born in uh, La Isla de Encanta, you know, he's from uh, Vega Baja, uh, Puerto Rico. He is, he's still, irregardless of what those thoughts were or what those, you know, ignorant people say, the term spick, the term wetback, the term, you know, all these nasty terms that are out there, you know, go back to your own country and all the other stuff that uh, uh, we get told all the time. He still, to, to his last days, is still serving the veteran communities. He does public speaking. He's out there motivating people. He's out there uh, uh, educating people on leadership and sacrifice and what it takes to be a good soldier and to be a good uh, uh, steward of the authority given to us uh, by the citizens of the United States. And uh, uh, we should be acknowledging his heroism. We should be acknowledging his, uh, his dedication to every American. And this is just a reminder. He is a proud American that sacrificed everything to protect people that may not like him, may not uh, even acknowledge him as a fellow human being. 
and here he is. So I wanted to educate you guys on Jorge Otero uh, Bereto from the island of Puerto Rico. The Puerto Rican Rambo, Sergeant Rock, who uh, he served in the United States Army from 1959 to 1970, uh, uh, achieving the highest rank of Sergeant First Class. He served on the 101st Airborne, the 25th Infantry, the 82nd Airborne, the 173rd Airborne uh, Brigade Combat Team. And uh, somebody that we can definitely emulate and learn from. So, guys, that is our Heroes Without Capes. Uh, some, some things to remind people of. Uh, we're still uh, encouraging people to take a look at uh, that new show, Alaska Daily. Uh, Alaska Daily, which uh, premiered on uh, Thursday of last week uh, with uh, Hillary Swank. And it uh, deals with missing indigenous uh, women in the state of Alaska. Um, some footage was actually filmed here in Alaska, although, uh, it looks like their primary, uh, uh, recording is in Canada. And that is thanks to the legislature, uh, <laughs> that, that obliterated the, uh, uh, the, the, uh, tax breaks for the, uh, uh, production companies that were flooding Alaska, you know, um, you know, lover or hater, the Palin administration, I, I, I believe warned the legislature that uh, 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 although I could be completely wrong on this and I will eat humble pie, but I believe that it was her administration that warned the legislature that uh, eliminating these tax breaks would force these production companies to go elsewhere. And that's exactly what happened. So um, I, I think what people got tunnel vision on was that they they saw tax breaks, but they didn't understand that in order to qualify for those tax breaks, they had to utilize exclusive Alaskan services. So like if they had to get aerial footage, they had to use a Alaskan aviation company. They had to use an Alaskan aviation contractor. If they stayed at a hotel, they had to use uh, an Alaska-owned uh, hotel uh, hotel brand. If they used uh, vehicle rentals, it had to be something that was locally owned by Alaskans. That was the priority. That's how they got their uh, uh, their tax break. So they were building the community, uh, helping helping stir up revenue while up here filming and promoting the state. So, uh, you know, take that for a grain of salt. Good lesson learned there. But yeah, Alaska Daily is a, uh, it's a show or series based off of uh, a uh, investigative reporter investigating uh, missing indigenous women. Uh, and like I said, it, it's, it's, uh, uh, it's, storyline is is based on alaska but uh, uh it's my understanding that uh it, it's actually filmed in canada so uh, uh something you could remind your lawmakers about in the future there's a lot of things to talk to our lawmakers about uh that's not exactly the priority but it, it uh, add it to your list of things to yell at your lawmaker about um reminder that we have our comic-con coming up uh on october 22nd and 23rd we encourage you guys to show up to that. If you want to support the show, uh, one of the things you can do is purchase our swag. Our swag is available on our website, along with the tickets for Comic-Con and everything else we sell that supports the shop. And that is at uh, AgesComicsAlaska.com, AgesComicsAlaska.com. You can also support us on our Patreon. 
And our Patreon is at uh, patreon.com backslash Aegis Comics. That's patreon.com backslash Aegis Comics. Uh, check us out there. And of course, you could check us out on our socials, Aegis Comics Alaska, all one word, Aegis Comics Alaska. And we appreciate all the support and love you've been giving us. Um, just remember, you got elections coming up. I am going to have a guest candidate come on the show. Um, she reached out to us, and in fairness, we're going to uh, give her an opportunity to pitch herself on the show and uh, let you guys decide whether uh, uh, she's worthwhile uh, a worthwhile candidate. Uh, we'll leave that up to you. We are not endorsing her uh, uh, at this point because we don't know her. Uh, maybe we'll uh, we'll get to know her during the podcast, and maybe that'll uh, uh, change our mind on who we vote for. And this is for the uh, 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 the current school uh, that uh, uh, school board uh, vacancy that uh, Jacob Butcher's running for right now. And we all know we can't have Jacob Butcher in that position. So we have to, so uh, since Jacob Butcher should not ever be in charge of anything we have to find a, a, a suitable alternative so let, let, let's see how this alternative works out and if you have any recommendations for guests on the show or if you have or if you yourself want to be a guest on the show reach out to us uh, you can reach out to us uh, in our dms at ages comics alaska we hope to hear from you we thank you guys for listening to us uh, we know that you have a choice in what you listen to uh uh, throughout the week and we appreciate that you choose us uh, we have more content coming and we appreciate everything that you guys do one last message as a reminder uh, if you are uh, uh, concerned about crime in the local community for instance for those of you in the uh, matsu valley please remember that you can reach out to the matsu crime stoppers and you can report anonymously if you have tips that can help solve uh, uh, a crime in the matsu valley the matsu crime stoppers do pay a cash reward of up to a thousand dollars for any tip that leads to a felony arrest so uh, uh, please uh, take advantage of that the link for that is in the description and we'll have some more follow-up information uh, leading up to the, uh, to the uh, Comic-Con, but also up to the election. We'll try to get as many guests as possible on the, on, on the podcast. So, guys, we appreciate you. Have an awesome and safe week, and we will talk to you next time. You just listened to the Aegis Comics of Alaska's podcast. Don't forget, new episodes drop every week. For more info about Alaska's comic book shop, visit www.aegiscomicsalaska.com.